0: I'm Jacqueline Fitzpatrick, better known as Jackie, and you're listening to the Rochester Post podcast with Matt Wyatt.
1: Becky, how are you doing today?
0: Well, pretty good. I'm um, Matt. Today is my birthday. I'm 75 years old. Happy birthday. Can you, can, I don't know how it happened.
1: I don't know either, but you're here. I'm here. You're here, and we're happy to have you. Not only is it your birthday, but just last week, the Greater Rochester Chamber of Commerce named you Citizen of the Year. Congratulations.
0: Well, thank you. It has been an experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's because, you, as my mom always said, You don't toot your own horn. And it was very difficult to, like, acknowledge this without saying, oh, wow, yeah, I guess I'm really proud of this. Um, As you should be. Yeah. It's it's been an interesting
1: few weeks. It, it's always weird, I think, being recognized like that because I think, uh, I, I know you as more of a soft-spoken person um, that's involved in a lot of different uh, charitable, a- charitable activities, community activities, um, so I'm sure you were not expecting to be recognized like that.
0: No. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is not such a bad thing because I think you deserve it and certainly they think you deserve it, so... Um. I, I was very happy to see that when I came into work and I saw mm-hmm. that press release. Um, but I know you as a Rotarian mostly, and I want to talk a little bit about Rotary and your participation there because I think a lot of the work that you do with, under Rotary is is a big reason why you were recognized as Citizen of the Year. So tell me how you got involved in in the Rochester Rotary Club and, and what keeps you going back every week.
0: Well, um I've worked full time my entire adult life, and that means that you can't go out to things like rotary in the middle of the day. Yeah. You know you just can't you just don't leave work for an hour and a half for in many of our jobs. So when I did finally retire, it was I was just so ready. You know, I did other things earlier in my life as a Girl Scout leader, things like that. But um when I retired, it was like, oh, you're free. You can, uh, you can do whatever you want in your community. And I'm a, I'm a big believer in community. Um, and I think the more people in the community who are out there pulling together, helping those that are less fortunate, you know, the better the community is going to be. So um, that's kind of where I'm coming from. Um, being in Rotary, it's a good feeling. You know, We do a lot locally and um but the other thing is rotary does things worldwide and an amazing budget that rotary has and people all over the world um i don't think there's a rotary club in russia or belarus but (laughs) just about every place rotary is everywhere and making the world a better place just like on the community level, we're making our community a better place.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Well, and you're very involved because you served as the president, too.
0: Yes, and I, I,
1: that was something else. Yeah. Uh, during the pandemic, no it less. was during
0: COVID. <laughs> and when the year was over, and it, at this point, COVID was, we're kind of getting, getting used to it. And I was going to stay on another year as president, and just trade with uh, with the incoming president. But he he had another obligation, so I didn't do that. But being president of Rotary during COVID was uh, it was difficult and it was it was shaky. Yeah, you know we we were meeting virtually, uh, doing fundraisers was very difficult. Yeah. And that's what we're all about. Is raising money, getting money to pass on to make the community a better place.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I just joined May 1st. I was inducted, so I had come to a few meetings before that. But um, I, I, I'm really sort of amazed by all of these different people club members that come together every week and have different experiences and skills and um, things to offer Um, and often you'll you'll see somebody stand up and say hey i'm i'm working on xyz and if there's anybody that can lend a hand and and sure enough three or four people will will stand up in response and and uh, offer a truck or boxes or whatever lifting whatever it might be Uh, Equipment um, to to help them achieve that goal and um, it's very evident to me even just as a new member that that people are more than willing to collaborate and uh, Help help achieve these goals
0: Yeah, I think that what people find out is that you get back so much more than you give Mm -hmm. and um, It's that's real um, and it, it does it energizes you yeah yeah and that that's me I've always liked doing anything with a group of people whether it be a project at work or you know something in the community um, it it's the synergy I love mm-hmm.
1: um, well it's very evident at Rochester Rotary and um, you and I um, have an opportunity uh, during the school year um, once a week to uh, pack bags and volunteer for N68 Hours of Hunger, which is an organization that um, you are very deeply involved with. And you got me involved as as a bag packer, and we go every week and we put the food together for kids to take home. That N68 Hours of Hunger stands for that that uh, Friday afternoon to Monday morning where kids don't have access, don't necessarily have access to meals from from school. Um, So tell us a little bit more about what got you involved in that initiative um, and and why you continue to do it. Well,
0: um, Claire Bloom, the founder of N68 Hours of Hunger came to a rotary meeting to speak and I'm talking about probably 10 years ago. And Derek Peters, who everybody knows Derek, uh, was president that year. And he's the one who invited her. And he wanted to get N68 Hours of Hunger started in Rochester. And there's a lot of hoops to jump through when you start something like that
1: up. Yeah, because they're in many other communities. Oh, and yeah, they started in Dover, and yep. they've kind of gone na- nationwide, na- really.
0: They are nationwide, and their program's very similar all over the country, and it's like, it's a shame that we need to have these things, but thank goodness they're there. But anyways, uh, that was a Monday meeting. I was just about crying, listening to Claire, and thinking about these children. And um, so a couple days later, I called Derek, and I said, Derek, I'd like, if, if you're gonna try to take this on, I said, I'd like to be your chairperson. And uh, could you come over and have supper with us Friday night? And he said, well, I'd come over on Friday night for supper, but I'm in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) And so anyways, Derek and I just attacked this, met with a lot of people, and um, had a lot of laughs. Um, Derek has a truck, and um, he's a big guy, and endless energy. So that really got us moving because you need a truck. (laughs) I've been wanting my own truck and went to get a new car, Toyota, and there's a beautiful truck in the showroom. And I said, Dan, I really need this. I could really use this truck for my volunteer work.
1: Dan is her husband, for those listening that don't know.
0: He just didn't go along with it. So, um, but anyways, we the first time we shopping, you've got to be very organized. And uh, my daughter happened to be home visiting the about the second week that we were doing this, and I was at um, Walmart getting all the best buys, and we had to get like seventy boxes of cereal and you know, 70 of this and 70 of that. And we got all this stuff, and we had like three carts of food. And my husband and daughter and I got to the car, and the only way we could fit it all in was to put Laura in <laughs> and then put food on top of her. Yeah. <laughs> and, but we quickly, and all the other and 68 hours, you know, around the country, you quickly learn how to shop efficiently, get the best buys, I know all the people of the grocery stores. And we're on a first name basis. At you know, this the, point, I imagine, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, but it in the midst of you know we had a lot of uh, good times getting it started, and we had packing teams, teams that packed once a month. But now we're packing uh, with Rotarians. We're packing on on Monday. And it's usually done on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing around a hundred bags. Um, in the beginning, I, I could be... Sometimes I'd pop over to the pantry and I'd be packing by myself and I'd be about in tears mm. um, thinking about these children. And we've had some amazing stories about the kids will leave their food in their locker at school so they don't have to share it with their family or they hide it under the tree outside. Mm-hmm. and you know those stories just really they're tough but i'm a i'm a believer in the family I mean, uh, whatever configuration it is. just so it's a good strong uh, group of people and uh, strong families make strong communities and strong communities make a strong country and right now i think we all better get moving and going in that direction our children need support our children our teens our young teens our older teens there's just so many needs and the only way for it to happen is for each of us to do a little bit that's kind of my motto is a whole bunch of little bits adds up to a lot
1: well certainly that's very true and you do a lot more than just a little bit um because i see the amount of work each week that you do with for this organization and 68 hours of hunger and um it's 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 more than a small lift uh the shopping the transporting the packing i'm just part of the packing part and that's what i see from the outside looking you know um and it's it's a really impressive organization with a very important mission and if you don't Know uh, enough about this, or if you want to get involved in some way, I, I encourage everybody listening to go to their website. I believe it's n sixty eight hours of hunger dot mm-hmm.
0: yes. and the the reason we're so successful here in Rochester, um our budget is forty thousand dollars a year. And um, this community, individuals, businesses, have given us so much money um it's a big organization it's not it's a big operation it's not like we're going to have a spaghetti supper at the Elks Club and make some money so we can Mm -hmm. buy this food it's a lot more money than that yeah and in the beginning we were doing small fundraisers but we had to really go big time and the people that are in this community you know just right down the street from here wherever the money just flows in and um it's good well it's, it's
1: good. I think it's something that people can relate to pretty easily you know I grew up in Rochester and I certainly remember um, free and reduced lunch and breakfast and things like that um, and now um, you know all these years later they're they're offering lunch and breakfast during the summer hours too if you're, if you're yeah. able to get to the high school um, you know it, it is a big problem because when we had Claire Bloom on the show last week, um, and she talked a lot about the, the educational uh, problems and benefits uh, with, you know, some of the problems, not having enough food, not being able to focus or stay alert, stay awake in class. Uh, and some of the benefits to having that food over the weekend was that they, they come in on Monday and they're, they're more ready for the week. And, and you know, oh, yeah. so uh, people don't realize the, the deep impact that it has on a child's education, just having a full um. stomach
0: they have there have been some um cohort studies you can't take half the kids and give them food and the other half and not and see what happens yeah but (laughs) of course but um you can take you can look back to last year for example when there were no food bags and compare the fourth graders for example and then this year at the end of this year when those fourth graders had food bags, you can look at their standardized scores. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's very real. There's quite a bit of research now showing that the scores increase. And if you talk to school teachers, I, I almost left um, nursing to become a school teacher. It's a good thing I didn't because I would have given all my money back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would have been feeding the kids, dressing the kids, but um,
1: which a lot of teachers do. A lot of teachers, do you
0: do. They do. And if you talk to teachers, um, the stories that they have for you um, are heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know how they keep going to work every day. Um, And the teachers are very happy about the food bags. Yeah. Um, And our bags of food, we have plenty of families that get two bags of food. And um, if you looked at the, if we spread it all out and looked at it, in some cases you could feed the family.
1: Yeah. Um, When I've packed, uh, you know, I see things like, you know, um, a jar of peanut butter, um a can of sauce a whole pound pound of spaghetti i mean that's that uh, just those few items is enough to not only get your family through the weekend a Mm -hmm. few meals here and there but uh you know like something like a jar of peanut butter would would probably last you the whole next week too yeah we
0: usually Um, we do jelly and peanut butter together um we wish we could do fresh fruit mm, um but but we do a lot of. canned fruit and the little plastic containers of fruit we do fruit juice and um, milk shelf stable milk mm-hmm. and the instant breakfast type things they're, ta- they're chocolate like chocolate milk the kids love them and we do do some fun things yeah like, like pop tarts yeah and sugary cereal the kids need calories um, well and
1: for easter you you oh
0: yes yes lisa stanley my buddy my co coordinator. Um, and she, I think she's capital C, capital O, and I'm little C, little O
1: for co coordinator. <laughs> Lisa is a force, <laughs> Lou, really. I mean, Lisa's, no matter what she gets involved in, oh, she, she, she is, is 110%. She's
0: amazing. But um, now, where was I going with this? But um,
1: the Easter. Goodies. Oh, the Easter,
0: yes. So, you know, we can only use our money. For food mm-hmm. well we can't even buy postage stamps and thank you notes we have to we get like a donation from rotary to buy right. uh, that those things but um at easter and christmas and valentine's day lisa and i donate little goodie bags mm-hmm. and children love things like that yeah. i mean it's just a, f- a few pieces of candy, maybe a little couple little trinkets, but it just, I think it softens the whole thing, warms up the whole thing for the parents and the children, mm-hmm. and it's been uh, it's been fun to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it it does make that little bit of a difference too. I mean, because you know, it just brightens up. You know, oh, when yeah. all the kids are talking about Christmas or Easter or this, you know, some kids they don't they don't have not, the same right, right, you know, family or or or, or, or you know, benefits uh, of having yeah. that kind of family. And uh, you know, I think that something a little treat in that bag, I think goes goes a lot okay. further than we may even know.
0: Yeah, I think that, I think that's so true.
1: Yeah. Um, so you had mentioned uh children in your work with children but you also mentioned teens and the importance of of the focus on that age group too and recently you had been a big part of organizing a project at the new waypoint center on wallace street so tell us a little bit more about that project and how you got that started
0: well that project i just fell in love with um just knowing that that center was coming and it did take a while to finally be finished and have their certificate of occupancy and everything it it seemed like it it was taking too long but um, what we did in Rotary uh, is uh, wrote a grant a couple of other Rotarians and I wrote a grant and uh, lo and behold the grant time was up and the Waypoint Center had not opened, so we had to give the grant back. (laughs) But they said, don't worry, you can just resubmit it, but it's due tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, of course, no big deal. (laughs) And so, um, got it resubmitted, and we did get the grant, and I, I hope that everybody in the community, or many, many people in the community, know just what Waypoint is all about. It's just, it's just a wonderful thing. And for teens, young teens even, and young adults, older teens and young adults can go there and um, a huge, beautiful uh, shower room uh, with you've, lots of privacy and lots of space. It's not like a little, mm-hmm. little shower at the gym or something. And um, they can take showers, wash their hair, um, their personal care items their feminine hygiene supplies for the girls, a um, huge closet of clothing, lockers. Um, they have a ton
1: of snacks and I believe all computers.
0: Kinds, oh, a bank of computers, uh, lockers. I think it's 60 lockers, mm-hmm. uh, good-sized lockers so that these young people have a place to put things, or even important papers and um, money, uh, just a place that they can lock things up.
1: Because a lot of these, a lot of the young people that are accessing this center on Wallace Street are in some cases experiencing homelessness.
0: Homelessness. Or couch surfing,
1: as they say. Yeah. Um, so they don't necessarily have a place where they can keep those personal belongings or those mm-hmm. things that they can't lose. They, they, they really, there's nowhere else to put them. So Waypoint provides those lockers in order for them yeah. to kind and of keep the, And the those. other
0: um, thing that I always like to mention about Waypoint, it's a professional staff, social workers. Mm-hmm. and um, And they're working with these young people to get them a place to live and to give them hope um and you know without hope you're probably not going to have much so um i've gotten to meet the and talk with the social workers and so anyways what we did is um we wanted to make a green space outside that would be there's a lot of time of the year that that can be used and we got very, very weather resistant um, picnic tables, Mm -hmm. three large with the huge umbrellas um, because it is right out in the sun. And then uh, a cooker, a gas grill, and um, two raised garden beds, which I think that might end up being flowers. Uh, you know, just immediately the whole space looked better. And (laughs) the the chain-link fence, you know, just uh, I'm not happy about chain-link fence, but it's a good fence. But we're planting um, Kentucky ivy. Oh, cool. Yeah, and so I just can't wait for that fence to be covered with um, green.
1: Make it more of an environment.
0: It'll be, you know, the green space is supposed to be very healthy for us Mm -hmm. um I was just reading about the green space at the ridge phase two I mean we finally accepted it you know was it called forest bathing and uh just sitting out around the trees and in green spaces very healthy and I've seen the kids at the picnic tables
1: good yeah well you really took a space that was underutilized and not very attractive and and cleaned it up
0: we cleaned it up um and actually, Rotarians didn't clean it up. Um, someone else volunteered to take up the asphalt and macadam. Oh, great! You know, I mean, we couldn't. You couldn't set a picnic table out there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then we had extra dirt left over, and we were able to rake it across some areas that needed good grass. hmm And um, and with the waypoint, um, I mentioned that. Studley's donated and delivered all the rich tops, rich dirt, mm-hmm. topsoil, and for the beds, and also gave us a very generous uh, gift card for plantings. And then in town, um, businesses gave us items either at discount or at cost, mm-hmm. so we were able to stretch our money. Um,
1: which is always important when you're doing <laughs> right. these types of projects. Well, I really I went to the ribbon cutting, so I wasn't a part of the project. But um, I went to the ribbon cutting to kind of check it out after a rotary meeting. And um, I was really excited about it because I had seen the space before and was aware of, you know, and, and I didn't really even think anything of it, honestly, because right. it was just sort of a patch um but it was it was really transformed by these picnic tables and the grill and the raised beds and now to hear about the ivy on the fence I think that's just going to sort of be the cherry on top but I had been talking to Mandy uh Lancaster who's their director there about doing a mural on the back side on the other side of their building which faces Columbus Ave on the windjammer side mm-hmm. um so we're working on um Getting a mural approved by the Arts and Culture Commission and the Planning uh, Board to to paint on the backside of that building and oh. hopefully get get some of those kids involved in this uh, project and uh, you know just make it a little bit brighter and more vibrant. Yes.
0: Well, the building, I'm I'm pleased the way the building is looking. Yeah. Because in the beginning, I think it didn't look so great.
1: It, oh, it's completely <laughs> and different. it's
0: Just cleaned up and, and very polished looking um, so that's good but when you go inside mm-hmm. you just sigh of relief to say, see this beautiful stuff for these kids.
1: Well you would never know it was an auto body before right, in it's right. past life. And there you know? is
0: um, there, the um, Waypoint takes advantage of the New Hampshire Food Bank so they've got a lot of food. I They don't, they have a microwave, they can eat things up. They don't actually cook meals, but Mm -hmm. um, I was very touched uh, when Mandy was talking to Rotary, uh, what kinds of things could you donate and things like the granola bars or the shelf stable milk, these kids like milk, and they can put these things in their backpack. It was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. just to think that they're but and they also you said the the kids can take food say they're couch surfing and they can share the food with the people that they're Mm -hmm. couch surfing with um and i my hope is that they're all couch surfing and not living in tents Um, yeah that just blows me away
1: well what's great about waypoint is they are working actively working to eradicate Homelessness yes. for young people. So their mission is to get involved at a young age, so they do not experience chronic homelessness throughout oh, yeah. their adult life. And I think they're successful because they offer that education and support and resources that these kids mm-hmm. really need to to show them that there are options.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think to the the young people have to feel that somebody cares about me.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it does make a difference, and
0: that is, you know, I, I'm. A I mean, I need that. I yeah, right, <laughs> I right, right. You know. <laughs> um, I just, it's, it's to me, it's one of the most basic things that caring is what makes the world go around. and it's caring is what's making this community go around.
1: Well, I certainly see that as a common thread in all of the work that you do. And I want to talk a little bit more. We've talked about some of your affiliations and projects that you've been a part of, but I really want to talk about what brought you here to Rochester. And uh, and and because I know you're not a native of Rochester, which we won't hold that against you. But uh. yeah,
0: sometimes I feel left out because I didn't graduate from Spalding. <laughs> right. You know yeah. that it's, it's interesting. Those those classes are so tight and. Uh, you know, they th- you think they just graduated last year, you know, at yeah. my age. Um, but, well, we were fortunate to live in Augusta, Maine for a few years and loved it. And um, my husband changed jobs. And then forever after, we wanted to go back to New England, and we wanted to actually retire to New England. And uh, my husband was getting older and older, and it was getting to. He wasn't like one of the young guys out there um, uh, interviewing for jobs, but fortunately, the job opened up in uh, Rochester, and he told me about it, like almost reluctantly, because I would get too excited. Mm-hmm. But we, we snuck here, we came here and visited. And went all around the community and we wanted kind of a quieter lifestyle too now things are perking up here in Rochester it's yeah. not as quiet <laughs> as it was when we uh, were planning to come here but anyways we snuck in City Hall and looked around uh, we ate at the Granite Steak and Grill and Windjammers and uh, I did uh, MapQuest to see the closest quilt shops and I used MapQuest to find exactly how far it would be to the local colleges so I could get a teaching job. And Dan said, uh, oh, and even the first trip here, I even picked out the house I wanted to buy. Yeah. And Dan said, now, I don't even have an interview yet. And even if I get an interview, it doesn't mean I'm going to get the job. Right, <laughs>
1: and you're already measuring for curtains in the new house. I was,
0: I was. <laughs> and. Uh, a funny little story, delightful story, is a house was for sale, and I said, "Oh, there's that's the perfect house. I love that house." And um, we had it took about a year for our house to sell uh, back in New York, and um, the whole months, every day I went online to look at that house. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nancy Trudeau had it listed, and so then one day it wasn't there anymore and i was so sad because we actually had the job and i was mm-hmm. moving here and my house was not on the market so when we were house hunting we weren't finding i wish i was house hunting now with all the beautiful housing mm-hmm. um not finding a house and so nancy said well there is a house on quarry drive and she took it off the market because the the market was so slow she just finally took it off but she's maybe she maybe she let you see it and I said it was at 19 quarry drive and she said yes
1: and that was the house that
0: was the house that I had gone online every day (laughs) to (laughs) look at and we are in a beautiful neighborhood lovely people lots of trees Mm -hmm. uh uh, we give Studley's a lot of business yeah. <laughs> when it comes to taking care of that yard. But um, yeah, that, that is, um, it, it's such a good story. But we got here and we're just so happy we have a big deck and we have a lot of company and family visits and it's a good thing.
1: That's great. It worked out.
0: It worked out. You know, sometimes things work out.
1: Well, we're glad you're here, and we certainly congratulate you for being Citizen of the Year. Thanks to the Greater Rochester Chamber of Commerce for making the right choice and and picking somebody so deserving, it's not even funny. And uh, I certainly appreciate you being on the show today, too.
0: Well, and there's one more, one more thing I'd like to say.
1: Anything and, you want. Oh,
0: anything I want. Huh? Yeah, it's your show. Um, actually, um, it was people from... Cornerstone visiting nurse and hospice, who got this started, nominating me and got other people to write the letters, and being on the board of directors of Cornerstone and working with them, doing volunteer work with them, and so on, is it's just my it's just wonderful, and they're such wonderful people, and I just want to recognize them. Um, being a nurse myself, I just have so much respect for what those nurses are doing, both for people who are very, very ill, but also people who are dying mm-hmm. in the last days of their life, and they have something like um, Cornerstone to help them. They are such um, a great organization. As, oh, it is an organization of all organizations, amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm honored to, to be Um, on the board it's been quite a while now so I consider myself part of the Cornerstone family
1: yeah yeah so yet another another organization that you're tied to and uh which is why what makes you so deserving of this honor and um but most importantly I want to wish you a happy birthday
0: thank you thank you I just don't know how I got to be this age I don't know it just slipped right by you just (laughs) you made it though you made it I made it and I'm still on my two feet So that's good.
1: Not bad. And I'm sure you'll stay busy too. And I look forward to seeing what else you come up with and uh, and serving with you together on on Rotary. I'm very honored to be a member.
0: Well, thank you very much, Matt. Um, I have said so many times, you really add a lot to Rochester.
1: (laughs) whether they like it or not yeah you're here to stay <laughs> that's right fortunately or unfortunately i'm not going anywhere uh well jackie thank you so much for being on the show today i really appreciate it and i hope you can come back sometime and give us updates on any of the other projects that you have coming Okay. yeah thank, thank you. you and thanks everyone for listening we'll see you next time